0: My biggest fear was I open a restaurant tomorrow, nobody shows up. It's a legit fear. So I went on Instagram, on Facebook, neighborhood groups, put a flyers around the neighborhood, sign us up on Uber, on a Grubhub, on a DoorDash, on Caviar. Everywhere I could, I was trying to put the word out. I overdid it because on our first day, 500 people shows up and I have food for maybe a hundred. So on our very first day we return around 400 people, I cried so much because I was thinking these people will never come back. They're all so disappointed in me and they all not come back. Next Monday, That's that money from the first day comes into the account. And do you know what I do? I go to a restaurant deeper and buy a fryer. We didn't have a fryer.
1: What the hell is up, you guys? My name is Jamie Logan, and we're here today with the successful entrepreneur businessman, Nemanja Golobovich. And he is the founder of Kale My Name, one of the best vegan restaurants in the country. And we're gonna talk all about entrepreneurship, we're gonna talk about coming from Montenegro, making his way to the United States, starting really from nothing and then creating an empire. So without further ado, Nemanja, welcome.
0: Hello, thank <laughs> you so much for having me, I'm so excited.
1: Thank you for coming all the way across the country to be with me today. Oh, um, yay, <laughs>
0: excited about that.
1: I'm just kidding, you squeezed it in, you squeezed it in. No, it
0: came for you, so.
1: <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you today because when you reached out to me, I was like, who me like he's reaching out to me so for those people that don't aren't familiar with Kale My Name why don't you just give us a rundown of who you are and what you do
0: so my name is Nemanja Golubovic and I'm CEO and founder of Kale My Name award-winning fully vegan restaurant and bar started in 2020 when a pandemic was and uh, you know those moments where I didn't know if my business will survive Mm. and then in a way i'm grateful for the way it happened because it was my first business ever so it was like a learning experience for me so i loved wouldn't change it any other way and four years later look at us now just won this year vegan restaurant of the year uh, by wed shout magazine in the country.
1: Huge congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. That's amazing. When I come out to Chicago, I'm in it. That's my first stop, I swear. I
0: cannot wait.
1: It's incredible. (laughs) Well, you weren't always in this entrepreneur space, right? So you really worked your way up to where you are now and it took hard work. Mm -hmm. So bring us back to your childhood and Montenegro.
0: Oh my God. I loved growing up there because I had a good family. Mom, dad, two brothers were just... I would describe it as a happy uh, childhood. No, no uh, trauma stories to share. Oh <laughs> uh, so, man! I know, right? <laughs> um, it was, it was a happy childhood till the moment when I'm realizing I might be different. Not just than my two brothers, but then you know, 95% of the country. Or in the moment I was thinking I'm alone in this feeling, right? Because um, I don't know, maybe. 15, 16 year old, I'm realizing I'm gay, right, which in a very close minded country, it could be very a stressful feeling to have. Um, so had to figure that out. And that's where my desire of leaving Montenegro starts. I don't know if you noticed know but I lived in like 10 different countries before I immigrated to the United States because I was trying how life would be elsewhere. So, I was in a family in France. I was in a family in Norway like I actually had a mom, dad and a brother. You know they host like a student kid from That's happening all over the world. Like America does that to the European students That's too. That's so and...
1: cool. Did you go where you like can you adopt me?
0: <laughs> it goes through the program. Yeah. So you apply and families they need to also, apply and have requirements. Not just every family can take a kid. Um, it's not that scary as it sounds. They have to go through the requirements to make sure they have an extra room, that they can financially support that kid because I still needed to eat. Like they weren't giving me money or anything like that, but they needed to make sure that I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that I have a books for the school and things like that. So I've experienced that in France. I've experienced that in Norway. I then lived in Spain on my own, shared a room with somebody, and um, after Spain, I left to Mexico, and I finished my college in Mexico, from the Mexico, I went to Middle East, and lived in Qatar, Doha, I worked for the Qatar Airways, for the airline, after that, went back to Montenegro, then a little bit to Serbia, a country above mine, and a Belgrade, and that's when I started developing a dream to live in the United States, I was thinking that could be my final destination, and I Message my friend from Puerto Rico, and I said, hey, I'm like dreaming of coming and living in the United States. I'm going to be so close to you, so I'm going to be able to come and visit you. And he said, oh, I'm no longer in Puerto Rico. I actually live in Chicago. And I said, oh, wow, I just don't think Chicago would work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, no, you should come and try. Just experience Chicago, and if you don't like it, you can go wherever you want. He was like, where would you like to go? And I said, maybe Arizona, maybe California, maybe somewhere warmer. Because I've been in Mexico, I've been in Doha. I'm now used to warm temperatures all year round. But he said, Chicago, it's awesome. Just come, stay with me for a couple of weeks, experience it and see how it goes. So I landed to Chicago on January 20th, 2015, Mm. maybe around 2 p.m. At 7 p.m. I got a job what (laughs) yeah so i immediately asked him how are you looking for a job what what happens here what's the way he said well there's this thing called craigslist and i opened the craigslist and then said we are looking for someone smart and with a personality and i said okay i have personality i can fake i'm smart you're smart So so let me go there and see um what happens and then when i arrived there there was a sign at the door that said looking for a dishwasher and I said oh okay like I can do this I texted my mom my mom was like there's no way you can be a dishwasher I was like I'm really determined to do this so I'm going in and I'm interviewing Mm. so I interviewed like dressed up very professionally because I didn't know how you dress up when you interview for a job restaurant job in America Mm. Right, because, of course, when you interview for a corporate job in America, you do dress up. But for a restaurant job in America, people come casually dressed up, which I didn't know. So my then boss was really confused with my appearance. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, maybe I can give you a job of a host at the ah. door. And I said, oh, my God, that would be amazing. But he said, but you have to dress up like that every day. I was like, no problem solved. Yeah. I, I, I'm on it. So I got a job as a host. Wow. And then just maybe two three months later um, they were like would you like to learn how to serve and I'm like of course it's more money (laughs) so I was like I'll do what it takes I just need to make money I want to make it in this country so started serving and then I think what my boss loved so much about me i always wanted to work if they would force me into the off day i would be like but i'm losing a hundred dollars today i don't want an off day <laughs> literally when you immigrate to america you see every off day as lost of a hundred dollars i'm like every day i don't work that's the day i didn't make hundred dollars i don't want an off days so it was like, oh my God, but you can do more then. Like, do you want to learn mixology, how to bartend? And like, I don't drink. So I knew every... Never tried beer in my life. I could tell you 50 beers all about them, how they taste, what they're made of, everything. But I never tried one in my life. But I could be like, oh, this one it's really citrusy. This one is this. <laughs> without Evie ever ever try them. Mm. So mm, learn that and then... Because my... I was really dedicated to to the job because I really wanted to make it. And then one day I was offered to be a floor manager and then eventually a general manager. That's a very tricky in the restaurant industry, because when you take a job of a manager, you basically take a pay cut because servers rely on tips and I was getting great tips. People love me. I love people. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why I was doing so good as a server because the connection I built with people just make them more inclined to give me a bigger tip. So I was making a lot of money as a server that I felt like I lost once I become a manager because Mm. it's a salary then, there's no more tips. But I knew in my mind that that's something I needed to do. And I know a lot of people get caught up into that serving money and then don't want to make a progress of it because in order to make a progress, you have to take a a lower pay. That was challenging to do, but I've done it. And then, some in the meantime, through that process, I went vegan.
1: Mm, I was just going to ask you, I was like, were (laughs) you vegan before
0: this? Okay, Mm -hmm. in the middle,
1: were were you just looking at the food? You were like, "Um, this looks like a body part. What was, how did that happen?
0: So, uh, veganism for me was a big process. Even when living in Montenegro, I thought about it, I tried to understand it. My first ever moment where I heard about veganism in general was from a TV show. Um, I am obsessed with a TV show, friends. That's the reason I speak English today, literally. I was able to repeat 230 episodes by heart every single sentence. And I'm like, okay, I guess I can speak English now because I watched it so much. Anyway, you know Phoebe Buffet? Mm-hmm. So she calls herself vegetarian because the show was in the 90s. And I think uh, the term vegan was still not very used. But she so loudly speaks about animal rights. Like if people are sitting, you see, you don't, did you, you didn't pay attention to that? Because no. I did, because I love her so much. She's my favorite character. So I paid attention when she says, oh, a two cows made an ultimate sacrifice for two of you to sit on that leather chairs. And I was thinking like, oh, what she's talking about. And when she says to her sister, her sister offers her a chicken and she says, no food with a face. And I was thinking, what does that mean? No food with a face. Mm. And a lot of other things. But she also has a song where clearly she states that she is vegan, not vegetarian, because they have the blackout when the New York stays without power completely. And she writes a song that goes, New York City has no power and the milk is getting sour. But to me, that isn't scary because I stay away from dairy.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. so, I love her now. Oh, my God. I have no idea that she was like a vegan vegetarian.
0: Oh, true the, the 10 seasons, she speaks about it all the time. Is she vegan in real life, do you think? No, um, she isn't. Oh, she isn't. Come on, Lisa. Dis- exactly. Now call her Lisa. Yes. Lisa
1: Kudrow. <laughs> come on, lady. Do
0: better. Learn from Phoebe Buffay. <laughs> Because there is, I learned from Phoebe Buffet. And that's at least when I understood what it is, I was thinking I could never do this. I feel like every vegan ever said I could never be vegan. Mm -hmm. So now when people say that to me, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yes, you can. Yes, you can. But then um, the first time I understood that there is uh, organizations that are fighting this and learn. In In my country, we call it PETA right? You know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, People who eat tasty animals. (laughs) So, no, so the organization PETA. Yes. So, yes, we call it PETA in my country. So I was looking at PETA, Uh um, Facebook page, previously now, Instagram and everything, and would see those terrifying images, and I was like, why am I part of this? Mm -hmm. And then working in a restaurant that serves meat, I'm like, this doesn't just Work for me and I decided let me try or let me at least try how to cut out the meat, right? I was like, I can be a vegetarian Shortly after watching more of those videos learning more about dairy industry learning more about egg industry Like this is horrifying. This is absolutely horrifying. I don't want to do it and then I went fully vegan Mm. I was not talking much about it, but then the more I would be on the internet because ah, that algorithm knows what triggers our heart Mm. and it's showing it to us more and more often. I would see those videos and I was like, why to me? I already know. Show it to somebody else. (laughs) Like, don't hurt me all over again because like, I know this is not a good way. But then I started speaking about it. Mm. Then I started saying, I don't want to be part of this. And I started saying to my friends, like, you should really consider it's like a dead animal on your plate right now and things like that. But my friends would be like, don't you work in a restaurant that serves meat? And I'm like, yes, I do. And they, and you're right. And that's the moment when I decided I'm going to look for a general manager job at a vegan restaurant. Right. Mm. I found it. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. okay was not a good job anyway because of that i knew i can open my own mm. that's when i figured out i would love to be creative i would love to have an opportunity to do whatever i want when I texted my friend and said I was listening to Destiny Child song, same at, well, now I sing, kill my name, kill my name. I said, that's how I want to name the restaurant. And she responded to me, that's so stupid. And I said, wait, but I said, and I want to have that creativity and decision to make it stupid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if I would do that where I work for someone and they tell me that it's stupid, it just stays in that. Right? There's no uh, freedom for my stupidity. But now I can be stupid all I want. Because it's yours. And and it turned out not to be so stupid because name is so catchy. And I know there's still people out there who are, oh, that's so stupid. But there's so many people out there who are thinking right now, kill my name, kill my name. So it is a, 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 a catchy name and just people love it and they never forget about it. Once you hear it, that's it. It lives rent-free in your mind. So you
1: had all of this experience from starting off as a host, becoming a server, then a general general manager, then working at a vegan restaurant as a manager. And then you were like, I'm ready to open up my own place. Mm-hmm. What were those first steps that you took? Was it finding the location? <laughs> I mean, also, did you get your papers? How did that that work
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah luckily through the oh my immigration journey was wild it took a while to get a social number to get a work permit to get a green card as of just a couple days ago american citizen right now i'm so excited about that but um once i was looking into how to open my own business i was already permanent resident which means i had a green card However, what I didn't have to open a business, and it's kind of required, is money. Mm. (laughs) I literally Googled how to open business with no money. And then some of the first steps is like write a business plan. So I Googled how to write a business plan. I really didn't know anything about it. I knew restaurant industry so well, especially from front of the house point, because I did work in every single position. But... I never knew anything from administrative part, I never knew from back of the business, how do I register, do I, do I need to open LLC or run it as a solo proprietor, all of those things that I was learning literally off the internet. I went to the city hall, took that one class that they provide for free and learned what I need. The only thing is that I didn't have was money. So I went to the multiple places where I was trying to take a loan or something like that. I was always turned down. There's, n- It says loan for startup businesses. But the thing is, you already have to have a business in order for them to give you a business loan. They're not giving business loans to the person who doesn't have a business mm. because there is no guarantee that you'll be able to return that money. So I kind of given up on that because I applied to so many places and get rejected. And I'm like, I'm just ruining my credit score. That was very good because I knew that that's something I have to take seriously. That Puerto Rican friend, when I came, he told me credit score, life, family, job, school, everything depends on it. Be careful. And I was. So thanks to that, I had a really good uh, credit card limits. Mm. So I put everything on my credit cards which is not the smartest way and I don't recommend it because the fees are insane when like interest rates on a credit cards are insane and if you get in trouble that's something you don't recover easily from Mm -hmm. so but I've done it I purchased so many things on a credit cards that the restaurant needed and when I needed to complete some work such as remodeling I remember I had a friend who is like a handyman And he was helping me repair things, but because I didn't have a dollar to give him, with my credit card, I would pay like his phone bill, his electricity bill, because I had money on a credit card, but didn't have cash. Because all, every single cent in cash I had, I gave to the landlord as a deposit to be there. So, we finally opened. First day was insane. We had, I overdone the marketing, so... My biggest fear was, I open a restaurant tomorrow, nobody shows up. Mm -hmm. It's a legit fear. Of course. So I went on Instagram, on Facebook, neighborhood groups, put a flyer around the neighborhood, sign us up on Uber, on a Grubhub, on a DoorDash, on Caviar. Everywhere I could, I was trying to put the word out, I overdid it. Because on our first day, 500 people shows up, and I have food for maybe 100. So on our very first day, we returned around 400 people. I cried so much because I was thinking these people will never come back. They're all so disappointed in me. And they all did come back, which I'm so grateful for. But we were so not ready for the start of the Kill My Name. But. Next Monday, that money from the first day comes into the account. And do you know what I do? I go to restaurant depot and buy us a fryer. We didn't have a fryer. I opened restaurant with a pot that I filled with an oil and put it on the stove. And that's how we were frying our empanadas. So that's how much money I didn't have to open a restaurant. But it was enough for the city to say this is safely and health wise enough to operate but it's just not efficient, Mm -hmm. right? And they knew that. And she told me, my inspector said, it's health-wise, it works. You're not violating any health codes, but this is maybe not the most efficient way. And I was like, it's the way I have money for. So let's, let's see what happens. The second that first day hit the bank, I went to Restaurant Depot and bought us a fryer.
1: This is so inspiring. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you had a vision and you were able to persevere through this, this, you know, it's really scary. I mean, it's this thing where it's like, well, you're putting all of your vegan eggs in one basket. You're like, <laughs> this has to work. We have no other choice. But you did the marketing. You put in the work. You then created food that is being rated as one of the, best places in the country were you ever afraid that the the term vegan might turn people off or how did you go about marketing it in such a way that would get even non-vegans interested
0: so that part i regret and i'll tell you why i was scared of the word vegan i was scared that that word will reject my customers too so i used to avoid it and if you look through my menu, the only place where it says it's on top, 100% plant based. I even run away from the word vegan to replace it with a plant based. And throughout the entire menu, if it says cheese, I don't say vegan cheese. On the top, it said that it's 100% mm-hmm. plant based. That's how I was thinking that I'm protecting myself from that sort of immediate rejection mm-hmm. before they even get tried. But now I regret it. I'm so proudly saying this is vegan and now multiple times through our menu, you can read it on our cheesecake that people call us every single day to ask if it's vegan. It says, yes, it's vegan. And if you call to ask, it's still vegan because hundred calls a day. Is cheesecake vegan? Yes, it is. So I'm now more embracing that word than I did four years ago when I was thinking that it could be a little bit scary. But what I'm doing to replace that fear, I am educating, too, Mm -hmm. because now I have a platform, right? Before, I didn't have a place to talk about this, but everything that happened to kill my name within the years, I got a little bit of a platform where my voice can be heard to hundreds of thousands of people now. (laughs)
1: what gave you that platform like what would your advice be to young business owners entrepreneurs was it did you have a celebrity come in Mm -hmm. and see your food and rate it what do you think the menu just speaks for itself was it a news article like what got you to where you are today
0: all of that but i had multiple celebrities coming in one of the biggest names that I think most influential names uh, Tabitha Brown Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say I see you two together (laughs)
1: online I'm a huge
0: fan of her Uh, uh, but I often talk to her about this Um, it's different when somebody gives you a spotlight it's great but if you don't know how to use it it's over within five days right I think I was um, very creative about the ways that we can keep that excitement going, right? So many other uh, celebrities that brought attention to the business, but then if you don't know how to keep the excitement, that's a that's an issue. Mm. And when you said now, what would I say to other um, s- small business owners? I have, and they tell me, oh, I don't pay that much much. Uh, I don't pay that much attention to Instagram because uh, my followers are not the chairs. Mm filled chairs and i'm like that's wrong because almost every single customer that walks into KL my name door tells me oh we came because we saw it on instagram so social media it's so important we're running a business period i'm not gonna even argue with somebody who we live in a 2024 already Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so why would you think that that's not important all those and flyer doesn't do a job anymore the picture of a cool looking dish sure it's needed but it won't do much for you we live in an era of videos mm. and that's what i do and that's how i grow my audience and i try to add personality to the brand because when we see a brand that doesn't have a personality just pictures of the food or even videos but just of the food nothing else you just feel like, oh, it's a robot behind that. Like mm-hmm. you think that some agency that many restaurants had an agency running their accounts. And I understand, but I don't think that's a proper way because then there is no attachment. There is no personality. There is no, when I get nominated for those awards, there's no fire in your followers wanting you to win that award. Mm-hmm. And that is happening to me because they know me. They, they know my story and they are emotionally invested in me as mm-hmm. I'm emotionally invested in them. Right. Well,
1: you are the brand and you have created this brand. You have a vision for it. And so when you have somebody else running it, I feel like oftentimes they can't always capture that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Plus, you're there every day. I mean, I was reading an article about you where you had been in the restaurant for like six months straight, no days off. Oh my Talk God. about that. What was that like for you?
0: Um, I, I was very focused. I was not even feeling like... It's not normal. When mm. I talk to people about it, every single day from open to close, I would be there making sure, wow. well, first I couldn't afford employees in that moment. I had them in the in the kitchen, but front of the house, I was the one and only. And I was running that completely by myself for literally first six months of the business every single day. So when I finally hire someone and I walked out of the business while it's being open, I couldn't believe. I was in Target, walking down those aisles, like picking things. And I'm thinking, I cannot leave. I'm in Target right now. And my business is open over there, and has people inside. That's wild. Because being there 24-7, it's all I knew. Mm. So it took me a while to understand that I can walk away from it. And it's so necessary, too. Because if, if you are too cut... Uh, in your business, then you cannot work on your business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed to understand that Kale My Name will not grow if I am 24 7 packing the orders and writing hearts on the bag. Writing hearts on the bag will help and we still do it, but it cannot grow more from what I wanted it to be. So I needed to step out of that life and do more things that are just benefiting the business well
1: it's almost as if you're traveling around the world you're leaving home like this all gave you the tools that you needed mm-hmm. to be like i am dedicated i am determined i am starting my life in a new country without your family maybe we talk a little bit about what that was like mm-hmm. you know you're making i guess new relationships as you're here in the states mm-hmm. but did you talk to your family every day what were they kind of were they encouraging of you or were they like
0: what are you doing mm-hmm. like what's going on here so i'm close to my family right i spoke about that um little, i would call it a misunderstanding uh, towards like me being gay that mm-hmm. was a little bit in between us the wall that we just needed to uh, tear down apart and we did but besides that, I think relationship with my parents has been great. And I mostly talk to them every, they know I'm now here on your couch because uh, they're so informed and invested in everything that I do. So parents were uh, very supportive. Um, I have a husband, Julian. He's from Venezuela. Maybe if you look through our menu, you'll see Venezuelan cheese sticks, taquenos. That was his requirement. I want this on the menu. Like, of course, we'll make it vegan. Anyway, he is very supportive, and I think he convinced me more than my family did, that I can do that, because mm. family is supportive, of course, but him, I could hear every single day saying, when are you, when you're opening your own restaurant, and things like that, I'll, like, I'll, I'll help you, and um, it's just that encouragement that I had from him, made me believe that I can do this because I was doubting it. Of course, it's the the fear is present. So when I speak about family, I just don't think about mom, dad, and brothers that I grew up. But I also think of my husband and my dog. Uh, that's also a family. Of course. Uh, so um, I think the the biggest encouragement came from from my husband.
1: So what was that process like of turning him vegan?
0: <laughs> so. Um, my husband says that even when he lived in Venezuela, he was trying multiple times to go vegetarian okay. and to go, um, uh, meat free, right? So when one day I said, we are not eating meat anymore, he agreed immediately. That was not a problem. What was the problem is he wouldn't give up fish and then he wouldn't, when eventually that happened, then he wouldn't give up the eggs and dairy, right? So that was challenging for me. But I hear all the time, I told you people saying, oh, I could never uh, date vegan, uh, non-vegan. I could never date non-vegan. I said, I I could, because I trust myself. Like, I trust all the education that I have about this. And I trust if you love me this much, you'll be open to that education that I'm uh, providing for you. So I knew my husband would come on board. It took... A little bit, um, especially with a cheese. So fish eventually, maybe six, seven months later, he decided, okay, the seafood is off the plate now, because I literally was showing him some certain documentaries and the facts that fish does feel the pain. Exactly. So, when he gets that in his brain, then he was like, okay, then fish is off the plate right now. But I was like, I'm not giving um, um, eggs and dairy. You don't tell me what to do. Oh, yeah. And that's a wrong approach with my husband. If he feels like he's being forced into something, he's not going to do it. So step by step, I was just trying to provide him an um, information. I made him follow PETA too. <laughs> and I would make sure that he sees what they pass because I would just casually send it to his inbox in a case he's at work, I'm at work somewhere. And I would just send the, uh, uh, just to make sure you see those yeah. little chicken uh, just being discarded because they're, they're male babies. It's just horrifying. And I would be sending those things. And then I think there was a, a video where uh, Peter posted of the cow running after the calf That killed me. It killed me. And I think that's what did it for him. Mm -hmm. And I was. With my friend Joanne, um, who is running a marathon, by the way, right now. Uh, So I was with her and we called uh, Julian on a FaceTime my husband to talk about something after I sent him that video. And then he said, I feel really bad for the cow and uh joanne's telling me he's just like a child and i was like that was my goal to wake up that child in him because we as kids we love animals that's the first thing we learn when we grow what the cow says right exactly (laughs) so we love animals Mm -hmm. and it's so important for me was to wake up that child in him that he said i feel so bad for the cow and it that sounded like a child, but that that child in a grown up man decided I am no longer eating dairy. And that's how human vegan.
1: Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> Thank you for educating him and using your voice. And I know that you know it can be tough. Like when we go into these new relationships and we're dating non-vegans, but we feel so strongly about the subject matter. Sometimes it can get tricky because it's like when the people we love don't make the connection or it takes them time. It can be frustrating. But I think you did it in such a great way by just providing the information and the education. And similar to with my boyfriend, it was like for about a year I would just. Provide the information mm-hmm. and give him little, you know, tips and advice. But I also set my boundaries. I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, just go to a steakhouse with you and or sit cook there and, for you. I'm not cooking for you, <laughs> absolutely not, um, definitely not. Actually, I wouldn't sit down at a table with him if there were animal products. <laughs> So he was very respectful of that. And I knew sure, surely he, over time he would change. And ultimately he did. So, I mean, that's such an inspiring story. So does he also, does he work in the restaurant no, space? No, he's oh,
0: a dentist.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's completely different industry. Yeah. Um. So no, we, we don't work together. But of course he is supportive of the restaurant Help Me open it right because i i i when i maxed out my credit cards then i maxed out his credit cards so (laughs) so hey we paid it off completely so that was the part but yeah the husband played a, a, a important role in everything that i'm doing although he's in a completely different industry um he's very supportive and that that pushes me to do better
1: it's a healthy relationship you need mm-hmm. a supportive partner absolutely so being that you're in you know the food space right there's two separate things people go vegan for their health they go vegan for the environment but you and i went vegan for the animals mm-hmm. so do you find that like working in the food and restaurant space that that message is ever confused you try to push mm-hmm. that message like what is your activism like today
0: so I say I went vegan for the animals, and now I say that Kill My Name is vegan for the animals. Right? That's the goal behind my restaurant. It's to provide a vegan food that just helps the animals. The more people eat at kill my name, the less animals are getting killed. And we have so many non-vegans eating at Kill My Name, because I talk to my customers, mm-hmm. I always want to know where they came from, how did they find out about Kill My Name, what normally they eat, and so many times they're like, oh my god, we're not even vegan, but we love your food, and I'm like, that's what I want, mm-hmm. that's absolutely what I want, and it's happening a lot, so I think I'm doing that just part very, on a, on a passive way, right, mm-hmm. the Kill My Name, and exist, and it's a sort of um, activism, but I try to talk about it all the time. Everywhere I, I can. I just was at the animal shelter gala where I said we have to veganize the menu. Mm-hmm. And Kale, my name, donated and was a food sponsor of the event wow. just to make sure that we are eating vegan that night.
1: Makes no sense so, otherwise. Uh,
0: right? So those are the things that um, I'm doing and speaking about it. And I'm like, as I said, social media It's important. I'm posting about it at all times. As I was flying to you here to New York, I saw something on Instagram and I shared, and I, I saw that resonated with a lot of people because it got a lot of in- attention. It said the animals that we eat are mostly babies. Mm. They're one year old, six months, four months. It said every animal pretty much what is the period that they get killed for food. Mm it's when there are still babies and I didn't even think of that and it just hurt me and providing that information I think it helps people and I noticed that message did touch a lot of hearts yesterday so those are some of the forms of activism I'm doing I'm not with a sign on the street I don't do that type of activism. I am all for it and I think it's very beneficial as well. But I just think this is my way and I find it very um, honest and and truthful. But there is some moments in Chicago, they had the March for the Animals and I went there just to see what is going on. And there was this girl with a sign that said, all we need from animals is forgiveness. And I burst in tears in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. And that's why the activism on the street is also powerful because I'm sure thousands of people read that sign that day. And I'm sure at least 50 of them felt that um, in their heart. Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand that 98% of the percent of the planet doesn't. And sometimes I do, being in a vegan circles, you know, hanging out now with you, with all of my friends who are vegan, sometimes we lose a touch with reality. Mm-hmm. And it can be painful to see that reality, because I feel now everybody cares for the animals. Look how cute they are. And then you go to the restaurant without one single vegan option and, I, and you see it full and I'm like, none of these people care. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... Running into that reality can be uh, very painful, but then inspires me to speak more, Mm. to speak to more people, because I know while there is 2% of us that we already on board with this, we feel it in our heart, there's still 98% of the planet that we need to convince
1: Absolutely. And I, it shouldn't be so hard. It shouldn't. I know. It's you would not think... like I'm
0: trying to explain to you that the moon is blue. It like, is... <laughs> the moon it's not blue.
1: No, it's common sense. You would think, right, to just do unto others mm-hmm. how you would want done to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love how you said, there are different roots of activism. You're in the mm-hmm. food space. You're showing people how tasty and delicious it can be. There's people that are out on the si- with signs. There's people that are going into farms and rescuing animals. This movement has a place for everyone and mm-hmm. every type of person. And also, it's not to say that your activism can't change over mm-hmm. time. I mean, I do everything from video stuff and podcasts to cooking for my friends to mm-hmm. being out on the streets to protesting. We need to try different things and, and be effective where we can because when we, you do you step outside of your vegan bubble and you are away from your vegan friends and you see, oh my gosh, we still have so much work to do. You know, you go walk by a barbecue place and there's people that are just chowing down on body parts. You know, you walk by a steakhouse or you see advertisements for got milk that are still up. And I'm like, how are we still living in this world where mm-hmm. we, we think that we need breast milk from another
0: species? <laughs> oh. Can I ask you a question please, on your podcast, (laughs) me interviewing you? Let's go. What do you got? Now, since you mentioned all of those things that you are doing for the veganism and you're doing amazing, I follow you and I know and I am inspired by you as well. And I just adore what you do. This is what personally bothers me. And I want to ask you, how do you feel when you get sabotaged by vegans?
1: Oh... Because I
0: struggle with that.
1: You get sabotaged by vegans?
0: Absolutely. What are they saying to you? I'm like, oh my God, all the awful things. Being on a social media, we yeah. agree, right? Every single time I click share, that's <laughs> terms and conditions. You agree for everyone on the internet to insult yeah. you. Yeah. I'm not vegan enough. The capitalism is wrong like all the things that I got attacked for on a daily basis. And sometimes I'm like, I have 98% of the planet to work to do on. And now I have to uh, argue with the people that should be on my side. So how do you, Give me advice, woman, (laughs) like I'm asking like how you deal with that. That hurts me.
1: That hurts me the most. Absolutely. Because it's like, why are these people wasting energy on trying to critique us? People that are trying to do the most people that are on your side. Why are you guys arguing and 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 patronizing us and being nasty to us when you could be using that energy to actually convert non-vegans and do good in the world and create change like I mean, we are doing the best we can. I am vegan for the animals and I will try every little Mm -hmm. thing that I can do to be effective. How do I deal with uh, vegans that will come and critique me? Uh, Sometimes I just won't answer and I'll let other people Mm -hmm. in the comments go back and forth (laughs) with them. I just don't even give them the time of day. I'm like, you are the last person I need to be wasting my energy on. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I've I've had some vegans be like, why are you going to a non-vegan restaurant? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Well, because they have vegan options there and I want to show that there's a demand and I'm also in the middle of bumfuck Indiana and there's nowhere else for me to eat so Mm -hmm. that's where I have to go of course I want to support only vegan businesses but sometimes it's just not possible so I think that you know it, it comes to a point where I just with especially with social media and dealing with comments and people coming at you, I have just learned to develop thick skin and you just have to recognize it. Like Mm -hmm. it comes with it. Like I'm, as soon as the bacon comments start rolling in from the non-vegans, I'm like actually happy because I'm reaching the people I want to reach. Mm -hmm. If it just stays in the same circle where everybody's giving me support and everybody's like, I love you. I love what you're doing. It's Mm -hmm. not reaching the audience. I want to, Mm -hmm. what do you say back to them?
0: So uh I, I'm trying, as you said, to not get as uh, engaged as possible. It's almost impossible. I just have, right now, the the viral reel going and has over 5,000 comments. I've never, ever gotten 5,000 comments on a reel. This one has over 5,000 comments, but it is because it reached people that they think it's not supposed to. And it's a lot of angry um, non-vegans inside. I spoke about this before, but... One thing, I'm trying to be understanding of everyone, Mm -hmm. but one thing I have such a hard time understanding, it's why you have to be against veganism. You don't even have to be vegan, but just understand it. When I was not vegan, I understood that that's a better option. I just thought I could never do it. I appreciate you so much. I think you're doing so great. Not me. I think that's a healthy attitude. Those are the future vegans, though, Mm -hmm. because I know I was that once, but that's a healthy attitude, saying... I will kill twice the animals uh, to make sure you're not making a difference. That's that's mentally ill. Yep.
1: Well, you want to hear mentally ill? I was just on the street doing some activism and I spoke to this guy who was wearing an ankle monitor and he was mm-hmm. like, I just got out of jail. He goes, do you want to know what I was in jail for? And I was like, what? And I was like, do I want to know? And he was like, I would just threaten to shoot up a vegan festival. That's why he went to jail. And I was like, well, I'm kind of glad they arrested you to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. we have these people that literally hate people for just trying to be kinder to animals, mm-hmm. the planet and our health. I'm like, why do you hate us so much? Where does
0: that, ca- that come from? It's painful. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's. <sighs> I'm telling you the healthy way of, cause I don't want to judge non-vegans. We were all, not all, but majority of us was non-vegan mm-hmm. once. I know for myself. But I really think the healthy attitude is that's so great. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe not yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's not yet. Because I think that's a healthy way of thinking. Because I when I learned when I met first person who told me, Oh, I'm vegan, I don't wanna hurt the animals, I'm not eating dairy, eggs, meat, honey, nothing. And I'm like, wow, you're so amazing. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, I cannot be amazing as you but I admired it.
1: I had the exact same experience as you. I think that they're just getting defensive and they're trying to like rationalize mm-hmm. their own way of living and they've obviously been eating animals for god knows how long so they're just trying to not look internally. But
0: if they feel guilty, it's because there's part of them that feels that vegans are right. Absolutely. And that guilt is good. Mm -hmm. let them have that guilt feel guilty exactly because they'll come on board
1: Mm -hmm. but the vegans that then come at me my answer back to them would be you don't have to like my way of activism all i ask is that you speak up the way you Mm -hmm. want to Mm -hmm. and you create you know instead of just being a keyboard warrior Mm -hmm. and sitting there and typing away and being like i don't like how Mm -hmm. you did this or i don't like the way you spoke to this person and i'm like Well, I'm not saying I'm perfect. If you have a better way of advocating Mm -hmm. for the animals, please go do it.
0: None of us is perfect. Right. And that's so important to understand. There was this commercial with a veganary from UK and they said, no one is perfect, but we can try anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way. And veganism is about causing as little harm as possible. And we will never reach to that point where we never ever hurt any animal insect and all the creatures on the world but we can try to minimize it Mm -hmm. and that is what veganism is all about Mm -hmm. i started this about vegans going after us so i also want to say there's so many wonderful vegans out there that i adore that i admire that i'm inspired by and that i'm supported by Right. There's so many wonderful vegans for supporting me as a person who is supporting my business as a kill my name. So I love vegans. I mean,
1: they're my favorite kind of people. Exactly. Especially the ones listening to this right now. Exactly.
0: Love you. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I just wanted to like literally ask you a genuine question from my soul because that bothered me. Um, but okay, I think we found some clarity on on this topic.
1: Yeah, definitely, absolutely, and yeah, just do do activism the way that you see mm-hmm. you, you find best uh, instead of just sitting around and doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? So, what is next for Kale? My name. Where do you you have a lot going on? You have a fragrance. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell me about that. What's up <laughs> with what? Where? I mean, it's like hard to keep track of everything
0: you're doing. Oh my God, I'm doing a lot of things right now, and I think. It's so amazing because Kale My Name gave me that platform that I can do more than just food. Um, I did uh, fragrance, which is so important because many fragrances are not vegan. Mm. Many candles are not vegan. So I released my candle line. Do you know what it's called? Oh
1: my God, tell us. Kale My Name.
0: No. Oh. It's called Kale My Flame. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Creativity cold. at its best. Seriously. Um I have a vegan candle line called uh, Kale My Flame. It's a three different candles that are amazing. The fragrance, it's just something I'm very passionate about. I love scents. And then, as I was doing the Kale My Name, and it seems on a restaurant uh, thing, we kind of I don't wanna say perfected it, but it's going very good. It's going steady. It doesn't feel like I have to be putting so much more effort into it anymore. I always wanna be creative and add the new items and do new things. That's okay. But it gives me now time to an opportunity to be passionate about some other things that I love. And I created a fragrance and did so well. People love it so much because I I have hundreds of different fragrances. I've been collecting them for years. So when I showed that to people, then they were like, oh, now I understand why you wanted a fragrance. Because I was like, I love this. It's not like I decided that overnight. Mm -hmm. It's been something that I love. Um, And... um, I don't know if you know but we just recently opened also Kale My Name inside of the fully vegan food hall in Chicago. Do you know that there is a fully vegan food hall, grocery store and a bar in Chicago as of October 5th, 2023?
1: What? That's amazing.
0: It's called X Market. Okay. And it has six restaurants. Kale My Name is one of them. So Kale My Name plus 5 fully vegan grocery store fully vegan and a bar for whoever feels like an adult (laughs) Um, so um, it's absolutely amazing so i'm currently very into that project because i'm doing a lot of social media for the market as Mm -hmm. well and it is going so good it's so much fun um, I hosted my first panel discussion um, over there. I'm doing another one in December. I'm very excited about that. And um, it's just a big project. So I am really into it right now. And just the the response so far has been amazing. I And that's where I feel grateful for the Chicago vegan community because they really showed up for that. And the neighbors are showing up too. And it's just amazing. How far we have come. Like, I'm thinking now you enter into this huge food hole. It's like almost 7,000 square feet. And you have six vegan restaurants, one next to another.
1: Wow, and it's all different types of cuisines? It's
0: all, that's what agreement was between the vendors. We're not going to carry the same items because it doesn't make sense, right? right? So we have a donuts and a coffee shop. Then we have a tacos. Then the Kale My Name comes in with a cauliflower wings Santa Kenos and other. Do you know that we were nominated for a best burger in Chicago, but in a regular category? So it was four meat burgers and the Kale My Name burger, next to it and I was like this is already win for me yes like, yeah, because vegan burger next to the four uh, beef burgers in a category of best burger in the city by Chicago Reader, which is really prestigious publication in Chicago exists Mm. for years I used to like vote and nominate five, six years ago when I came to Chicago and find out about it so the fact that there was enough people thinking that that was the best burger just blows my mind, anyway after that we have the uh, hot dogs and Italian beef and all vegan and then we finish with uh, the last six restaurant which does Uh, vegan sushi Mm. so and then you have a grocery store and a bar and like i hope i didn't forget any restaurant i didn't i didn't i I named them all yes so
1: how did you create your menu and get it to be where it's i mean competing with regular beef burgers that's amazing
0: i i know so i just love another menu to be the things that i like and that's so important to me. There's not a single item on a kill my name menu that at least once I was not a huge fan of. There's some things I had enough of, honestly, on our menu, like I've ate a thousand times our mac bowls and I'm not eating that again. So in this point I would take them off the menu, but there's so... I remember my initial reaction to those and I know there's still thousands and thousands of people that are gonna have that initial reaction, so it remains on the menu, but I was a huge fan of every single item and I think that it's so important because I've I've seen restaurant owners having a food on the menu that they don't like, that they don't eat. And I'm mm. like, if you don't like it, why do you expect that others will? I think that's the best possible right. way of creating the best menu. Make sure you like it. Make sure people around you like it. Give it, try, test it. So that's what I've done when creating because I'm not a chef. Mm. Like I've done it all, but I was not in the in the kitchen. So together with my two cooks, I'm like, oh, my God, I would love a buffalo tofu wrap, but how do we make it better than any other I've ever had? And then we try 17 recipes till, I, till we are like, oh, my God, that's it. This is the one. And it works. And that's pretty much we just be creative with the food Incredible. and explore and see what works and what doesn't. And then the things that just everybody has that reaction. Oh, my God, that stays on the menu. Wow. That's how.
1: Wow. I mean, th- I'm so I need to go to Chicago now. <laughs> You're making me hungry.
0: We are going to the mall together <laughs> and like in, and try. Do you know the other day I ordered from All 6. <laughs> Literally. We can order one item from all six and we sit down and have a vegan feast.
1: And we'll do like a little podcast as we eat, mm-hmm. maybe a little ASMR. <laughs> you know. Well, I do the
0: panel there, so you are welcome to, to come.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll have to plan it. So what do you hope to accomplish, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now?
0: Oh, my God. I just want to do more things that I'm passionate about. I started this uh, puppy patrol show on my youtube right I saw that. so that that it's not that doesn't bring me any money right but i love it mm-hmm. and i'm so excited about it and those are the things i want to be able to do in life so i want to kill my name to be successful of course but i want it to be just successful enough to give me an opportunity to do more of of things mm-hmm. such as puppy patrol. I love my dog so much, I love chatting with other dog owners, everybody has a different story about how dog came into their life yeah. and it, and how much it changed it and it's so beautiful and I enjoy uh recording my puppy patrol show so those are the things I see myself doing in the future things I'm truly truly passionate about because I'm so passionate about veganism but I don't see myself caught up in a restaurant all the time right I would love um kill my name to grow but I am really uh it's a lot on me to run the restaurants myself so I think I recently signed franchising and I think next year we will start giving the licenses for other people who are interested to run You Can Kill My Name. Because originally my goal was to have one in every state. Wow. I was like, I want 50 uh, restaurants. Well, let's include Puerto Rico, 51. Yes. I, wanted, I wanted 51 restaurants um, in America. But then that's changed over time. Um, and then now I'm more of, I'll give you the license. I'll teach you how to do it and you do it. Because I'm tired. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I want to create the space for the things that make me so happy, such as my dog and going to the park with him and traveling with him and uh, just doing things... Eating vegan food everywhere around the world. Absolutely. That's what I see myself doing in fifteen years. Absolutely,
1: with a little mocktail by the beach. Mocktail,
0: thank you. Yes, yes.
1: you got it. You got it. Well, this sounds amazing, and I'm just so appreciative for you sharing your experience because it really is so inspiring how you've really you've turned your your business into a name that everybody knows. You started off as a host, you started off working your ass off and <laughs> the hard work paid off. Mm-hmm. You know. You're creating such impact. So was there anything that you wanted to add before we begin to wrap things up?
0: Aha. Uh-huh. I would just again love to say that I love everything that you do and I just like to add that keep going. And um, I, that's not just message for you, but for, for everyone around. It is really hard world we live in there's a lot of awful things happening and it's just so hard to stay uh, to say stay positive but I really think that's what we need to do keep advocating for all the right causes and just try to um, save the sanity it's just so it there's so much there's so much going on it's it's a the the world gets rough Mm -hmm. um and that's literally the message i'm trying every day to myself okay today it's going to be a good day let's make a good day out of it let's not watch another horrifying Mm -hmm. video and try to just you know make make a day out of it so Mm -hmm. today go and make a day out of it (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, take take it day by day. And, you know, I think a lot of people ask me, they're like, why do you care so much about the animals when there's so much suffering? Why aren't you out there fighting mm-hmm. for BLM or LGBTQ rights? And it's like, I am.
0: Exactly. I am. Like
1: why, I- why can't I support more mm-hmm. than one issue? Mm-hmm. I think just by leaving animals off of your plate, that's the bare minimum. It's like, I'm not going to contribute to animal suffering and I can also fight for mm-hmm. many other causes yeah. that I care
0: about. But when people their argument against veganism, when they start about unprivileged people of the world, I'm like, you're in the one of the most privileged countries in the world. You're gonna use non-privileged people to talk and excuse the cruelty towards the least privileged creatures on the planet.
1: It's inappropriate. It's inappropriate to use another person's situation to justify why you should contribute to animal cruelty. It's not okay
0: that's exactly what bothers me and that happens so much though
1: yeah no and yeah. i call him out right i call him out on it and i'm like no 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 you are here in the west village wearing a rolex watch and we love walking. humans we like, love people exactly
0: so some don't, people yeah. vegans <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> no we we as i said it's not like by caring so much for the animals does not we no. we love humans mm-hmm. so much we just try to explain to humans that we can love one another and enjoy our lives without exploiting animals. That famous quote uh, that it's, it takes nothing away from a human to be a kind to an animal. It takes nothing away. You want a burger? You can have it. You want a cheese? You can have it. You want a hot dog? You can have it. You want a pizza? You can have it. You want a Gucci shoes? Well, you can have it. He's wearing (laughs) them now. And they're vegan. So there is nothing that you need to sacrifice to leave an animal alone. So why don't you just do it? Period. That's it. On that <laughs> note,
1: Nemanja, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you just give us all your social channels and website one more time so everybody can go look you up, follow you, and support your, your work. You're amazing.
0: Perfect. Uh, killmyname.com. Find me on Instagram as a and on TikTok and on Facebook and even on YouTube if you were interested about what I said about my Poppy Patrol show. Well, go to YouTube, find me at KillMyName.
1: Amazing. And guys, you know where I'm at. It's Jamie's Corner. And thanks so much for watching. Thank you for coming on. Keep up the great work. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Bye. bye.